fascinating characters and interesting stories in the community and professional game in Wales in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear about a potentially career-ending injury, about gaining career-starting qualifications and a career-boosting move, all in the professional game in Wales. We'll start at community level, Abergavenny against Bryn Mawr and the two pretty well-known characters coaching the respective teams. We'll hear from former Abervale Premiership winning captain Damien Hudd shortly, but first, Rob Cole had plenty to talk about with Abergavenny coach, former Wales back rower Nathan Thomas. Right, well, first things first, Nathan, you haven't got your boots on. Is that the end to the playing career? I think it's the end, uh, apart from possibly the odd charity game where I'm more than happy to help out yeah. uh, with all sorts of things. We've got Damien Hyde, who plays for Brim played with him a few weeks ago. I only lasted 15 minutes, though, because my um, adductor went. Yeah. <laughs> it is, There's Damien Hyde uh, there, though. Yeah, yeah. So we can officially announce you as retired? Yes, I'm done and dusted. Um, my, after COVID, now not having any contact and things like that for so long, I think it's definitely a real good time to finish. Well, congratulations on a great career. Yeah, thank you very That's much. It. And coaching now, obviously on two fronts, here at uh, Abergavenny and, and obviously at Llandovery College. And today, big win over Bryn Mawr. Oh, it's, it's a massive win for us today to play a team who are a, a league above us. They're coming down with confidence today. Um, I think we are very fortunate that we didn't have a great performance a week ago against um, Anisti, and they did a job on us down there. I think that sort of galvanised us to, to give a real good home performance today, which sort of kept us in in the last 10 minutes because we were under so much pressure there as well. But great structure to the team. They, they all know what they're doing and they all know their roles and it was a very competent performance. Yeah, all around we, we uh, work hard as a team, a coaching team, and uh, fortunately we've got a good b- bunch of receptive boys who buy into everything we are doing and they are part of that process as well. So we've got James Lewis, uh, working with the backs, we've got Ben Roberts helping with the forwards with myself and we've got Simon Williams as well as with a supporting role in there as well so we've got a good team in the background, we stick together and like you see on the pitch today the boys stuck together as a team today as well. Good coaching, good quality coaching is, is vitally important for all clubs across Wales isn't it today before people don't just want to turn up, they want to turn up and be told how to get better. Yeah with our team they're quite young as well some of the boys and, and a few boys have come through the youth system and they just want to get better and learn some will may or will go on to higher higher levels and uh, we'll support that and um, that to us is a, is a success story um, if they remain where we are we're a good tight-knit and tight-knit group and we want to work hard together and and uh, just enjoy our Saturdays. After the cup success at the Prince Valley Stadium and that dramatic day, I'm sure that's still very much in people's minds here. Uh, are you eyeing another cup win here, maybe? Uh, who knows? The competition at the moment is, is very difficult for us because we are probably a league below everyone else uh, who will be in the latter stages. So it's going to be very difficult. On the other side, we are going to give our best in the competition and, and give it our all and see, see where we end out. How's it been coming out of COVID and, and the enthusiasm of players is there for all to see, but how difficult has it been maybe for the coaching team? It has been difficult being away from the players, like for everyone. I, I feel that we are fortunate just to be healthy and, and be out here. So um, all that is a bonus for us. And, and um, since we've had the boys back in training, we find ourselves playing in the middle of the summer. So, so it's always been quite difficult to get, get a full flow of games and, and, and a continuity of players turning up to training because people are on holidays left, right and centre as well. So come September now, when things start properly next week, 
uh, we should be uh, good to go and have more consistency in people turning out. And this will be a huge boost to your league campaign when it starts in what, November, I think. Yes, yeah, so it's all been brought forward to November. Uh, we really wanted to start the league campaign, especially seeing like the English clubs start with the league campaigns as well. We would have gone ahead with the league campaign with the same rules as, as follows. Um, so, so we were frustrated at that, but fortunately it's come back to November. And um, where we finished off in, in the league, we were in a strong position, so we've got everything to play for. Uh, other hat on now, Nathan, uh, Sandbury College, Schools and Colleges League. I'm told by Steve Williams down at Whitchurch, you've recruited quite well. Yes, yeah, so um, we work quite closely with um, the Exiles programme. That has actually gone off the radar through uh, the furlough sort of uh, last 12 months or so. So um, in terms of exile players who come into our squad and we support their pathway to a possible Welsh professional career, that's been a bit quieter this year, but we did have quite a few boys come in last year, but unfortunately they, we haven't seen them play a full 15-a-side game yet. We all know the reputation of Sandefri College and you're living proof of that, but with about 40, 50 boys to choose from in your sixth form compared to Cigar or Cardiff Vale College or Grant College, it must be incredibly difficult. Yeah, um, every week is, is a battle and uh, 10 weeks into your first term before Christmas, when that, those 50 players get whittled down with injuries and things, it is very difficult. I can only sort of like uh, back up the, the resilience of some of our boys because they know they're up against it with a, a small group of, of players. But I think that sometimes helps us because we don't leave anyone on the shelf as well. So everyone gets that opportunity. We get a lot of contact time with, with a smaller group and hopefully we can bring them on to be as good as they can be. And I guess you're perpetuating the, uh, the historical links that you know started way back even before Carwin James or whatever and uh, it still means as much as it ever did at uh, Flandre College Rugby. Oh, it's massive and like I, I feel very responsible and, and Johan Cunningham who I work with who's been fantastic for us uh, coming from the Scars to work with us for the last year. We're all aware that like for example we played in the first ever game in Wales I think just having that history behind us yeah, it means quite a lot every time everyone plays, plays with a shirt on. You didn't play in that first game, did you? Uh, no, unfortunately. No, 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 I would have loved to have played whatever, yeah. <laughs> My horse and cart wouldn't have got me there. Yeah, think. yeah. The standard of that league, is it growing? Is it, I mean, it's certainly producing a lot of professional players. Yeah, I think um, if you go through the... the <laughs> if you go through any of the, uh, the senior squads in, in, in the regions, there'll be a high percentage of those boys who've come through the Welsh College League. Yeah. So from that perspective, I think it's brilliant. So much scope to make it go better. Yeah. And uh, things like having seen like t more TV games, I think is a good opportunity for us. Yeah. Increasing the sponsorship and the awareness for everyone around and making it a real sort of pathway programme for people to go to into sixth form. And will you get a game against Brecon this year or not? Uh, we're still working towards that. Because they've got the Blues behind them now and maybe yeah. they're waking up a bit. So they've got the Blues and uh, we've got the other three regions yeah. as part of our pathway programme now as well, which is fantastic for us as well, which helps us. We are working towards that and hopefully we can get an under-16s game on the same day as the Brecon game this year. But watch the space, we, it's not guaranteed yet. And um, I think if we do get it back to where it was and those fantastic days many years ago, it may take a few years to get to that level. But um, we are really open and receptive to getting that game because that's what playing for our school is about yeah. all the history and tradition. You win or lose? When I played, actually, I think I was the last team to draw a game. 
and uh, we won, won in year 13 we won that second game but we were behind by a long, quite a long way at half time we managed to pull it around so yeah. we had some real challenges and, and just a brilliant experience so you don't get sleepless nights not historically but at the time <laughs> I did yeah I got very sleepless yeah. before those games because you could feel the history yeah. uh, involved with that well I came expecting to see you win and I'm sure you did as well uh, I'm not sure whether we expected it or not. Obviously, you want to win every game, don't you? But uh, uh, we knew what they were going to bring. Very good lineup, physicality, and uh, they won in the game, really, I think, to be honest. Our, our lineup went to pot, you know, and making excuses. I think we've had five boys drop out this week, key boys, really, at 8 to 10 or 12. Well, 10 dropped out this morning, oh, in the warm up today. But uh, no excuses, you know, you've got to win as a squad, don't you? And uh, the squad wasn't good enough today, to be fair. But uh, well, those things, you know, they. They took their chance as well, and uh, I think our line out last time we were quite, a, quite big today, and they were probably more physical than us yeah. in, in, the, in the contact area, I think. Looking from the side, don't know what you felt, but it was a high-quality game. Yeah, I think, well, you know, for the levels of rugby the players are playing, I don't yeah. think. It was a decent skill level, you know, and decent ability. I just think, for us, as a Bermuda side, I don't think I've seen our line-up non-function so well. Yeah. And that's partly to do with Abergenny's defensive line-up functioning well, but we just the only time we still front front the middle up and boys just couldn't couldn't they wouldn't the line up wasn't available, they just the boys couldn't get. And that's just down to timing and training and boys being tired, I think. Our conditioning levels are not great as a club, you know, and they, they understand that. And I think Abu any just just about deserve their win, I think. So which camp were you in? Let's get up and running with the league straight away or this is a good way to ease your way in because as you no, said, there's I think, a few rough edges to, to Yeah, rough we've off. I think we've got brought about eight to nine youth boys through this year. Young props, young back or forwards, a couple of young, a young nine, a young winger, a young fullback. It's a bit of both, really. We obviously don't play rugby to lose, certain, certainly not. You know, if you're one of the clubs that is, that is expected to win it, then you go out to win it, don't you? You know, you don't go out to turn up and go, oh, well, we'll take part, give boys some rugby, which, you know, which is great. But you don't want a club just to take part. You want, you want a club to win every match possible, you know? And if I was one, one a season, then I'd be one a season. If I was everyone, yeah. we try to win everyone. And, um, I'm lucky today that we just weren't good enough, you know. So I put the same question to you as I put to Nathan Thomas, who's now officially hung up his boots. Oh, I... Okay, so um, you look fit as a butcher's pup. You're obviously yeah. uh, running around there doing very well. You're obviously enjoying it still. Yeah, I think it's a long time retired, you know, 40 years of age, don't mind. So I've got what, I played rugby for 24 years since I was 16. So I, I still enjoy it, to be fair. And I'll play as long as I as I enjoy it and as long as I can do the job tidy, you know. Yeah. The minute I start letting myself down or letting teammates down, that'll be the minute I go, well, you know, put a lot of boots up, you know. Yeah. Big game next week, I think I'm playing in a um, rugby for a Euros game next week, oh, up in Gloucester. Yeah. So we're like Alexa Mike Tindall against the rugby league boys, so against Keith Senior and stuff. So playing that next week, so that'll be a bit of fun, yeah, like, you know. And great. A couple of other things and bobs, but yeah, I love rugby, you know, and I'll be involved as long as I yeah. possibly can, you know, whether that's playing or coaching, you know. You talk about. James Lewis in the middle here, you in the the back row here. You do need some of the older heads to be the glue to keep I think, everyone together. I think it's um, I don't know whether it's key, but I think it's a good thing that if if you, if you can go back to your local club, and my that was always my sort of not ambition, but so was so always my direction of rugby to play as high as I could for a while. And for many years, I thought I was good enough for, and then and then come back to my local club to try to help them out and do what we could do. And we've had quite a successful four years now. You know, we won a double and. In the second, it's the year after that, and obviously last year before COVID, we were like the top three. This year, we, we should be strong with the younger team, you know. And I won't play as much rugby this year. 
when I want everybody's back fit, you know, I'll try to step back a little bit and rein the reins in a little bit and let everybody else enjoy it and just coach a bit more. But uh, at the minute, I'm enjoying it and like I said, a long time retired, isn't it? Yeah, a long right. time retired. And how are you finding the transition into a little bit more coaching and a bit more hands-on? You enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, I enjoy it. I um, do a couple of sessions a month with the 16s that one I've got as well. So try to put into that, to that bit as well. So, you know, try to give the experience that I've got from playing with top level athletes over the years and, you know, good clubs and having, you know, excellent coaches above me. Try to pass that on a little bit and uh, it seems to be working, you know. Obviously it didn't work so much today, but that's one of those things. It's one game, one game, like one, one game don't make a season, you know. And as far as the club's concerned, what have numbers been like coming back out of COVID and, we, we, and how's um, the structure Sort there? of like... I'd say sort of May, June, when everything was sort of, sort of coming back together, it was like, oh God, what are we going to do with Alex, type thing. Number-wise, 10, 12 boys, but we're, we're up for about a good 25 now, which is great. You know, a good mixture of experience and youngsters and guys who've been there and played a bit of rugby at a, at a decent level. And then guys who haven't been there and done played a decent level, but are willing to learn and wanting to learn, you know, and wanting to play at a higher level. So the club is doing what they can do to support that like, amb- ambition of players, you know. So you're four games in now, one defeat, three wins. You can come through this and then the league starts in November. 12th, yeah. Ten games and then into a, a knockout phase to see what's going yeah. on. So plenty to aim at and I guess building through to that start in November. Yeah, I think this cup is, I think it's good for for more sides. You know, especially we've got youngsters involved and stuff like that where there's not so much pressure to win. You know, obviously again, you still want to win. But there's no pressure on the win because you're not going to lose the league or whatever. There's no, there's no relegation this year. So you, can find point things and you can have a bit of a gamble with players and you can give youngsters more game time than what you potentially would in an all-out battle that you're going to get relegated if you don't win type of season you know so I think that's key for more sides and wheels I think there's no relegation this year is, a, is good and they're all promote boys they're all promote boys they're not any grass youth system players they're always youth system yeah. players so I think the club are doing it right you know so hot date here today at yeah. Abergavenny very competitive very uh, high skilled game how are you feeling? I feel right for 40 years of age. Fantastic. I mean, you look great out there. You know? I feel right for 40 years of age. Back in the gym tomorrow morning. Now. Yeah. Just get, get aches and pains out to me tomorrow. Yeah. Out for food with the kids and wife and tomorrow. Back in the gym Monday morning. Back in the training after Monday night. Train twice a day. Love and so it, it goes love on. Love it, life. Yeah, the, so the legend on. lives. Wow. Don't go that far, but it's still, it's still living. I still, I'm glad he was in the well, I'm glad he started in the back row so I can put moldies on. Yeah. I think they're killing me. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard. Really dumb, solid with it. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Bryn Mawr player coach Damien Hudd finishing off there. The legends do indeed live on. But now on to the Welsh regions and quite a story from former Wales under-20s and Cardiff rugby player Will Boyd. Well, let him explain what the last year's been like. Yeah, in terms of rugby, last season wasn't difficult because I had a total of probably 92 minutes before I got injured. But... Um, it's tough to talk about really it was the hardest probably point of my career I injured myself probably 12 minutes into the game up in Edinburgh away collided with a head into my eye socket and I had double fractures in my orbital and sort of on the inside by my nose there um, we, we had an operation and from the operation it was a very slow recovery in terms of eyesight and everything that comes with you know double vision and losing your well eyesight for a good three four months it was a very tough time for me and my family to be honest with you 
did you lose the ACA totem? Was it the, the right eye? Or? Yeah, some right eye. I had a, a long period, a uh, very long period of um, very thick double vision. Took a took a long time to mend that with a, a lot of rehab, and it was questionable at times what um, what the return was going to be. So I'm very delighted to come into um, pre-season firing, and I feel um, it's refreshed my mind. It really has. Um, my outlook on on rugby is a lot more serious now because of how much I could have lost from it. Uh, uh, I like to think I'm still young, so my young age and how much a loss it would have been. So um, I make sure now that I'm giving 100% towards um, towards my performances and my training as well, which is good. And I, I hope it's being seen by the, the new coaches now. We always kind of ask um, you boys this, but I suppose this quite pertinent. Was there a period during that that you didn't think you'd play again? Uh, yeah, for a long time. But did you kind of take heart from what the the medical experts were saying? Were they always quite upbeat? I mean, the doctors, the physios, were they always putting a positive light on it for you? Um, they were trying to, but um, I was a re very rare case, uh, something like a one in 10,000 case. So um, it was a new to a lot of people and um, the way of dealing it was um, new to a lot of um, a lot of staff. But, um, very lucky at the Blues. We've got um, very good doctors, Dan Vaughan, who supported me throughout it, and um, WRPA, uh, Phil Davis, was very, very supportive. Uh, couldn't ask for more. I had a young family throughout the injury as well, so I had a newborn, so um, it was a very difficult time at home. And uh, yeah, that no, was brilliant. And, um, and um, yeah, it was good. It's good to hear there's a positive outcome. You're an abrasive rugby player, Will. Um, having had a bang like that, has there been any sort of Second thoughts, were you going to contact or you just, that's what it, if you're going to carry on playing, you've got to do it, I guess. Yeah, no, it, it, that wasn't the issue with, with coming back is the contact wise, closely. there's two, um, two large, strong metal plates there now, so stronger than before. Um, so there's no issues with that. It was just the terms of um, nausea post running because of the double vision. And um, yeah, we've got through that now, so I'm delighted. How long did the kind of the visual impairment last in total? Um, the worst of it was a good five months, four and a half, five months, but it's uh, not completely recovered now. I still have um, ongoing um, issues on my peripheral, but um, in terms of rugby, we've done all the tests and um, firing all good there. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's some story. And uh, a lot of us mere mortals would say you're mad. <laughs> My partner says that every day as well, yeah. I'm sure, I, but she must be very concerned every time you go and play now, or, or even more so. Yeah, well, thank God she hasn't got a really clue about rugby. She doesn't know what's going on, so um, I can pretend that it's not me in the contact and I was somewhere else. So, right. um, How old was your youngster at the time? She wasn't born, so I've got seven months old. Yeah. So, so when she was born, were you able to see her properly? Uh, just about up close, yeah, closing one eye. Yeah, but it, it was that it was that serious, was it? Uh, yeah, I wasn't able to drive for a while. Amazing, but uh, if you've got the plates in, everything structurally sound, there's not a chance of a repeat. As you said, one in ten thousand. Uh, you know, you could you can live with that, I guess, as a as a thought. It's not going to happen again. Well, there's always possibilities, but it's stronger than it was, so it should be less likely. Yeah, but. Because you are that abrasive player, aren't you? You're the uh, the man that puts his head where no one else wants to put it. Yeah. 
too many times as well. But uh, no, in terms of that, the injury itself was just a freak freak accident. The head was yeah. in such a sweet spot that it didn't. If it hit my cheekbone, nothing would have happened. If it hit my you know cranium up here, it would have been fine. It was just that the pressure of my eye going back into my um, yeah. eye socket blew everything out. Yeah. Good to see you back. Thanks for talking us through it. Let's hope it's not one in ten thousand this season. There, yeah, thank you very much. Good to see him back indeed. Now, fellow Cardiff player Hallam Amos featured for Wales in the summer Man of the Match in one of the games while continuing to balance rugby with completing his medical studies and working out the new laws coming in this season. Plenty to talk about, starting with Wales. Yeah, it was great. It was great to get a couple of games under my belt from a personal point of view. You know, slightly mixed um, mixed performances, but it was great to get a couple of eight, or a couple of performances under there. I think as a team, we learned a lot. You know, they're obviously... They're a fantastic side. You know, they've beaten big three Southern Hemisphere teams in recent years and they were coming fully loaded, whereas we were missing a few boys. And, you know, it's always tough when you're missing, you know, your 10, 12 most experienced players. But I thought first test, we stepped up really well. You know, we could have snuck it at the end and a draw was probably a fair result. Second test, they sort of overpowered us a little bit, but I think we'll have learned a lot. And it's great that the boys like, like Ben Thomas from here got their first caps and were able to show what they can do. And, you know, I've been there when you're coming on the scene and it's hard to sort of break into that first team when you've got, you know, the Lions boys ahead of you. So it was great for boys just to get a chance and it was tough. They were, they're a very powerful side and and I think we saw that, especially in the second test. But it was still, you know, it was, it was enjoyable and a good experience, but yeah, plenty to, to learn from it. Another question I ask you every year, when will you finally, finally stop being a studying doctor and be a doctor full stop? <laughs> June next year. So I'm there in my ninth year of nine now. Have you been on the wards then, uh, Al, or what have you been doing in your uh, medical? So the way fifth year runs at Cardiff, so well, it's actually my ninth year, but your final year, you do, there's four weeks of lectures at the beginning, which is what I'm in at the moment, and then we're on the wards then, so I'll be going up to the Heath in another two weeks' time for sort of placement. So so when you get on the wards, I mean, given you've been in a bubble uh, for, for most of the last nine months, will you be COVID exposed, or how is that going to work for you? No, so what? So the way I did it last season was I was sort of on the green wards, which uh, which was the surgical ward, but all the patients have to isolate for two weeks before they come in, and they have to get a negative tests to come in because it's very maintained as the green ward is what it's called up at the Heath. Yeah. But often elective surgeries, so people who you know maybe aren't acutely ill, but they they, they need surgical intervention. But it's yeah, it's very close controlled, and I'm you know full PPA, double vax, yeah. and all that. And, I mean, we get tested three or four times a week here anyway, so we're all. You know, it's all pretty safe. Hallam, of course, there are these new laws coming in this season. There's a full back and wing. You're perfectly placed to talk us through, in particular, the 50-22 rule. How do you think that will change things this season? Yeah, it's funny you should mention. So so even in training, I've been conscious of, uh, you know, when I'm in the backfield covering as a 15, you do, when it's getting around that halfway line, you do have to stand a bit deeper because you're conscious of, because in the past, well, you know, once Ronan O'Gara retired, there weren't, there weren't really the tens who were pinning the corners. So you're sort of, when you're in the backfield, you're coming up with a front line to sort of cover the chip because tens tend not to try and pin you back in your corner. Now with the law changes, you do have to be a bit conscious that if you're too close to the front line, they're going to dink it over the head and great advantage to then get a line out in the opposition 22. So I think as 15s, both you know myself and opposing 15s, they are going to be a bit deeper which then opens up space for more attacking kicks. So whether that be the flat cross field or the little chip. So I think you, while you may not see many 50-20s, which 
I think in the Southern Hemisphere, they bought it in. There haven't been many at all. I think you will see more space open up elsewhere. So whether that will be down the middle of the park with the two people in the backfield standing close to the touchline to protect it, or you see more attacking kicks because the 15s are standing a bit deeper. I think you will see a number of changes. Whether we get that many actual 50-22s, because teams are quite good at covering the backfield these days, we'll see. But yeah, I think it will definitely change positioning slightly, which will open up more attacking kicks possibly. But yeah, definitely in training I've noticed, I've definitely been conscious of, oh, I've got to watch this space over my shoulder more than maybe I would have done last year. Which is going to be interesting to spotting games. Another Wales international back at their region is second row Will Rowlands, but he's at the start of his career at the Dragons after moving from Wasps at the end of last season. His first game for his new club? Up against his old one, of course. So, how's he finding the return to training, but in a new environment? Kind of like, yeah, an easy three and a half weeks. Like Everyone's been very welcoming, enjoyable, like different environment, a uh, bit of a challenge. But yeah, enjoyed it a lot. You're playing Wasps this weekend of pre-season, your old club. Um, how do you feel with the challenge of facing them and going back there? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's a, sort of a weird one to be a first game for the new club against uh, the old club. It'll be weird going to the away changing rooms. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good fun. Yeah. You enjoyed a, a lot of success, obviously, with Wasps. How do you compare the setup there when they were going through the, the best times with what you've come into with the Dragons and when you look at most of the Wales pack from the summer around you? I feel like there's been, my time at Wasps, was, there was kind of a few different periods. There was sort of the early days when probably wasn't as, the club wasn't spending as much money and it was a lot more kind of of a, guys who'd come through the academy, some of them, but you know, like, end up being fantastic players but it was sort of more kind of local side almost and then to some of the middle years where you know had quite a lot of kind of superstars of world rugby at the club to then the last few years where it's gone back to a bit more of a focus on trying to bring guys through the academy and I think one of the strengths of the Dragons is that it's you know it's a very young group all the guys have a kind of strong connection to the the region and the area around here and definitely hope well I think that's that is a strength for the future and that there's you know there's opportunities that I know like I'm sure I've got a lot to learn from you know how things are done here and and can hopefully contribute a bit to you know with a bit of the experience I have of other environments to helping some of those guys you know like become the best players they can be which you know no doubt is there's a lot of lot of talent here. As you say, Wasps sort of had some superstars. You're not going to sign Charles Piotr or whoever at, uh, at the Dragons. Can you still look around and see the, the beginnings of that transition? Yeah, and I, and I do strongly believe that the, the foundations of great teams are not made by just spending a lot of money to sign the world's best players. You know, in those years with, with Wasps, when that was the case, yeah, we had, a, we had a great team on paper, but we, we probably under-delivered as a group, really in terms of like actually winning anything. I think that the club has recognised that, whether it's as a financial you know, repercussion or whether that actually long-term success is more often guaranteed by investing in, you know, in, in your youth and the guys coming through who then are not only... You, you have your talent and, and you have you know, good depth of talent that is, allows you to kind of make a budget work in a, in a more sensible way, but you also have guys who are incredibly invested in the club and... Is, you know, is the most important thing for them, um, which shows itself in how they perform. Most of the time, Wasps, it was you and Joe Launch Free, obviously. He probably drew the focus away from you to some extent in England International in England. But 
now you've been asked almost to do a very different role, bring your power and contribution, but also maybe look after the guy potentially next to you a little bit more than you, you have done. It is a bit of a different role. It's definitely coming into the Dragons team. It's coming in as actually a kind of as a senior guy is a bit different to what I've used to. The, I mean, the last year or so it was, I have been one of the older, older sort of more experienced guys. But yeah, I, I've, I spent the majority of my career with guys around me who I learned a lot from, whether that was Joe Launchbury or James Gaskell, Keenan Mile. And, you know, feel really lucky to have played with them and, and learned off them. And so, yeah, it's something that I, you know, if, if I can teach anything or, which I'm, you know, I'm not sure about, but if anyone can learn anything from me and, you know, I'm more than happy to to share my my opinions, my experience. And yeah, ho- hopefully that can, you know, they can find some small benefit in that. So some really interesting stories. Good luck to all the players in their different challenges ahead. More next week, of course, in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.